Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, so if you have a Bible, I want you to pull out your Bible. If you have an e-Bible, I want you to pull out your e-Bible. If you have something to take notes, today is a day to take notes, okay? Today is a day to hear from the Lord, to hear what he has to say to you, and to write some things down that God's speaking to you. Uh, if you're taking notes, you can title it End of Days. End of Days. Um, I thought this was cute. The other day, I was dropping uh, Luke off to school. My youngest, he goes to uh, Lebanon Christian and a uh, great little school. If you're looking for a great school for your kids, check out Lebanon Christian. We love it. Um, and so I'm like walking in the hall and I hear this hey, hey. And I mean, there's like, you know, hundreds of kids everywhere. And then I feel this, like, tug on me. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And this kid looks at me. He goes, hey, look at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking at you. And he goes, have you seen my eye? And I was like, what? I mean, it's still the morning. Like, I'm not a morning person, okay? Sunday mornings, I'm a morning person. Every other day of the year or the week, I'm just not, okay? He's like, have you seen my eye? I'm like, so I started looking at his eye, and it is like pink and pussy. And I'm like, oh, buddy, you have an issue. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you should go tell somebody else. I'm leaving now, okay? You, you have a good day. You have a good day. So I thought that was just cute, and it reminded me. And I thought, let's start that way today. That sounds good. Okay. All right. So a few weeks ago, we were on vacation, and um, the hotel we were at, uh, didn't have free Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, wow, yeah, seriously, yeah, thank you, thank you. Whoever said wow, like, yeah, like, really? It's 2021, is this real? And they wanted $40 a day for Wi-Fi. And I was like, I was like, I was just that old, grumpy man. And I was like, no way, you're not getting my $40 a day, you know what I mean? And so we didn't have, we didn't have uh, Wi-Fi, so we were using our phones. We have some older phones. They have LTE. They don't have 5G. And, um, and we're, you know, in like kind of like the Disney Orlando area. There's like a bazillion people there all using their phone at the same time. And so I'm just not getting like good connection. You know, like I'm on Instagram and a, like pictures won't barely load. You know, you know, videos are like starting, stopping, and it's just like choppy and like, you know, like, I, I'm frustrated. And then, you know, I hear Jess. Okay, you got to listen. If Jess is angry and frustrated, there's something really, really wrong, okay? And so so she's like, she's like, I'm going to break something. And I'm like, okay, what's going on, okay? She's like, I have no connection. I don't have good t- connection. She's like, this drives me crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it just makes me insane too. We'll pray for you, Okay. But it made me think about that word connection. And I started thinking about that word, and I started thinking about, like, what what makes me crazy? And I instantly thought, you know what makes me crazy? Is when I feel like I have a poor connection with the Lord. I I don't know about you, but if, if I feel like something is off, in the spirit, if I feel like something is off 
in me. If I feel like the Lord is distant, which the Lord is never distant. Let me just be real clear about that. The distance doesn't come from the Lord. The distance comes from us, our actions, our, our time with him. It, it, it comes not from the Lord, it comes from us. That drives me nuts. When I feel like something is off, and, um, and if I can just be really, really honest, I feel like something's been off in us. Um, there's times where, so I grew up, how many of you grew up like this in church? I felt like I was one of the sheep, but I got beat up every week. And I would leave church just like with my head dragging. You know what I mean? Just like I'm the worst God doesn't love me. He's frustrated with me. You know, all these kind of feelings, okay? So in no way, shape, or form do I want to beat us up. Actually, today, I really feel like the Lord wants to fill us with new joy. I really, you could feel it in worship today. There's a new joy, but the joy, like I said at the beginning, doesn't come because of our circumstances, okay? Amen. I know, you're like, what? Like God's not, you know, giving me a raise? I thought that's where the joy was coming from, okay? Joy doesn't come tied through circumstances. Joy comes because we understand who we are in Jesus, okay? And so I was thinking about, okay, what breaks our connection with the Lord? What are some things? And so we're gonna look at that uh, today. And, and the first thing that we're gonna look at today, and really it's the main thing we're gonna look at today is this. The connection is broken when we don't understand what time it is, okay? Connection is broken when we don't understand what time it is, okay? So I want you to think about this. How many parents, grandparents do we have in the house? Raise your hand real high. Parents, okay? All right. So how many of you know that you will lose your mind so fast with your children when they don't understand what time it is? Can I get an amen? Okay. When your kids are littles, I mean littles, okay, and they wake up at 3 a.m., you know, and they're crying and they're hungry, and you're like, I love you, but not in this moment right now. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling you right now. You know, it's 3 a.m. Why, why are you awake? Why are you hungry right now, okay? Or how about, like, um, grade school kids, okay? So, uh, my middle son, Ben, he's like, what, me? Yeah, you, okay? He will wake up in the middle of the night, okay? He will walk into our bedroom, stand over us, and not say a word, okay? Like for minutes. And then like somehow in your dream, you can feel him. You're like, is Jason in my room ready to kill me right now? And then you just wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Listen, the other night he woke up, and so like we've been having some talks about like, hey, how about you don't walk in our room and stare at us, like real weird and creepy, okay? So we've had some like conversations about that. So the other night, instead of doing that, he thought, well, I'll just turn on a movie at 3 a.m. and watch a movie at 3 a.m. and then get up for school the next day. Right, okay? How about this? How about, um, how about if you have some like, bigger kids? 
okay? So the other night, um, Pastor Adam, our middle school pastor, he's awesome, Pastor Adam, Pastor uh, Marissa, they had this great middle school event. Um, was that your guys' house, right? It was like children everywhere. I loved it. I was so excited, okay? And um, afterwards, he had some car trouble, and so he called me up. It was around like 11.30 midnight. He's like, hey, can you take me home? And I was like, yeah, yeah, let me, let, I'm about to get in bed. So I threw some clothes on, and, and so I came up here, and so I drive. He lives like downtown Cincinnati, okay? So it's like, it's like one something in the morning, and like there's just people everywhere, like roaming the streets of downtown Cincinnati, and I'm like, I officially know that I'm old now, okay? I officially know. Like, these people, I, like, it's just life for them at that, mo- at that moment, okay? So, so I get home at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, right, okay? And what is my oldest son doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? He is making a quesadilla, people, okay? He is making a quesadilla, no, I mean, he's got shells and cheese and chicken out. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He's making a quesadilla. So I know, I know. I'm saying that. It's, yes, thank you, Matt. Holy cow, I know. Have you not seen Napoleon Dynamite? What is wrong with you? It's an American classic, everybody. Jeez. The grammar police. Oh, Lee, I know what I'm saying. So it makes a case of, I can't even say it right now. I can't even say it right right now. Quesadilla, because that's what I'm calling it. So then I go to bed, and we live in a very small apartment right now because our we're building a house, okay? And then at 2.30 in the morning, I hear what? The shower turn on. He has now decided he's going to shower at 2.30 in the morning, okay? Which, uh, can I just say I appreciate? I, I believe, in, I'm pro-shower, okay? I'm pro-clean, I'm pro clean, okay? I'm, I'm a big fan of that, okay? All right, so, so what's the problem, okay? The problem is this. Why, why do we get angry at our, our kids? Because their actions and behavior don't match the time. Their actions and behavior don't match the time. We're like, this doesn't make sense, okay? So over the last few weeks, I've been kind of angry. You're like, shocking, Pastor Jeff. You get angry. What have I been angry about? COVID again? Been angry about Afghanistan? Been angry about mandates? I'm just angry. Have you learned yet that when you're angry and you're in a state of anger, the Lord feels real distant? And I can feel it on Sunday mornings right now. There's something off. So for me, when something's off, I'm the kind of person, so... um, Pastor Ryan says this about me. He says, you're a fixer. Like, that's, that's kind of my nature. I, I want to fix things all the time. So if something's off, I work kind of harder because I want to fix things, right? So, so how many of you know, like, sometimes when you feel like something's off, 
you'll work harder in areas that isn't really the issue. You'll just start working harder at work. You'll start working harder, like, on that project at home. You'll just start working harder at different things because you're like, I got to fix something. Something's off. I got to fix it. That's how I am. But I was like, Lord, what is the real issue? Okay, what's the real issue, Lord? He said, the real issue is this. You want to live like it was five years ago. Meaning what? Five years ago, where it was just kind of like, if you think about it, like it wasn't crazy peaceful, but compared to today, like five years ago was like, like the Garden of Eden. And he goes, you want to live like it's then. But the problem is, it's not then. And the Lord was like, the problem is, on January 1st, 2020, you crossed into a new season. A season of what? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because we got to understand the season and time we live in. Because if we don't understand the season and time we're going to live in right now, okay, right now, number one, we're going to miss everything God's wanting to do in our lives. And what happens also, the enemy can deceive us quickly. The enemy will deceive us quickly. So what is about to happen, okay? Well, the first thing that's about to happen is this. The church, who's the church? We are the church. We are God's people. We are the church. We're about to go home. I can just like feel it in me. We're about to go home. What is that? It's called the rapture of the church. Okay? Now, lots of people debate this. Okay? Now, I'm going to prove it to you today. Okay? But I can prove it to you probably six different ways and they're all biblical. They're not my opinion. They're not my thoughts. They're Bible. But we're about to go home, and then what's going to happen? The Antichrist is about to come onto the scene. So what are we all feeling right now, okay? Because we're all feeling like this angst, okay? I don't know, like, I, I was a 90s kid, early 2000s kid. I was like that like Rage Against the Machine, Limp Biscuit era, you know what I mean? Like, let's get into a mosh pit. I'm going to knock you out, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, I know what angst feels like, okay? You can feel it. Like, there's angst in the world, but you can feel it in the church right now, too. Like, this anger, this angst, this rage. What are we all feeling? We're feeling what? The setup for the Antichrist. Amen? I need you to get this, okay? What's going to happen when the Antichrist takes over? It's one rule order, okay? So what is the world doing right now? Unbeknownst to them, what is, what's happening? We're preparing for the rule of the Antichrist, okay? So what's happening inside of us? We're the believers, and we sense this, and we discern this, and we know this, and we know, like, that's not right, right? So what does it do? It makes us angry, but there's a difference between a righteous anger 
and anger, okay? Righteous anger and just anger, okay? A righteous anger goes, no, I'm not, this is, okay, you wanna see what righteous anger is? It's when David stands before Goliath. That's a righteous anger. But he wasn't angry in himself. He was, he was going, no, you're not gonna defile my God, right? So I'm gonna stand for my God. That's a righteous anger versus like, I'm just angry and I wanna burn the world down. <laughs> Amen? That's where a lot of us are, okay? On most days right now. All right, so let me show you this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Then he asked them, this is Jesus, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah, the son of God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from a human being. Okay, so this is really important that we understand. We learn things from the Holy Spirit, not from human beings, okay? The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals things to us. Verse 18, now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, upon this rock I will build my what? My church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, okay? Woo! Let's go, somebody. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Okay, so we got to understand a few things here, okay? I want you to get this, okay? The word church in the Greek, what does it really mean? We think of church as this, us assembling on Sunday morning, and it is, okay? But what is Jesus talking about? He uses really this word called ekklesia, okay? What does that mean? Governmental assembly. This is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus isn't talking about us on Sunday morning worshiping, okay? He's talking about governmental assembly, meaning this. It's not a religious term whatsoever. Jesus isn't talking about a religious thing. Okay, what is Jesus really, really talking about? He's talking about them doing what? Governing their city. That's what Jesus is really talking about. So what does Jesus say to them? He does the same thing at the very beginning of time. What did he say to Adam and Eve? He said, listen, I'm giving you what? Authority to what? Reign to rule, to have dominion over the garden, right? It's the same thing's happening right here. He is saying, Peter, upon Peter, I'm gonna start my church, I'm gonna build the church of Jesus Christ, and I am now taking my authority, God's kingdom, heavenly authority, and he says, I'm giving it to you. To who? Peter and the church. So what does that mean? That means a couple things, okay? Number one, okay, we have authority in this world over the devil and darkness. We do. This is why sometimes I see people go, God, I just need you to do this. And God goes, no, I need you to speak to this. I need you to do what? I need you to use the authority that I gave you to bind this, right? So the church of Jesus Christ has authority in the earth right now 
to bind things and loose things, okay? The problem is we're just not using our mouth. We're using our mouth for a bunch of other stuff, right? This is what the enemy loves. He loves to get you real close, but you really, really are far away. So he gives the church authority, right? He goes, I'm giving you authority, okay? Now, listen. Did you catch that in verse 18, okay? And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, okay? Where does the Antichrist come from? Powers of hell, right? So I'm going to show you something here, okay? People argue with me all the time about the rapture. Oh, we're going to be here during tribulation. I go, no, we're not, okay? I'll tell you why, okay? Because the Lord has to remove his authority in the earth before the Antichrist can take authority. Woo, somebody you just got real happy, didn't you? You're like, woo, don't you love the word of God? Jesus has to take the church home. He's got to remove the authority in the earth. Why? He said the powers of hell will not overcome the church. I don't care what's happening in the world right now. The church is going to thrive. Did you, listen, I just read this report. Praise God Almighty. In the last week, the gospel of Jesus Christ is thriving in Afghanistan right now. People are getting saved in Afghanistan right now. Listen, the power of hell will come against, but the church will always rise. It is Jesus' church. He's given the church authority. It's just a matter if we're going to use it or not. Amen? So here, the rapture has to happen. It has to happen. Because he's got to remove the authority he's not going to let the Antichrist have authority over his church because he's given his church authority over him. Amen? Oh, man. I could preach a thousand messages about that. Listen, if you want a great book about authority, read it's by Brother Hagen, Pastor Brother Hagen. It's called Believer's Authority. Find that book. Read that book. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. It will just explode your mind on the power and the authority that you have in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? All right? So what happens? The church is taken off the earth. Okay? We're the church. Okay? Go with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 29. Luke 21, verse 29. Then he spoke a parable. This is Jesus again. He said, look at the fig tree and all the trees. And when they are already budding, you will see and know. I like that word. You will see and know. But you'll have a knowing inside of you. Where does the knowing come from? The Holy Spirit. For yourself, nobody has to tell you this. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit that nobody has to tell you these things? The Holy Spirit will make a a confirmation in your heart, okay? He'll confirm in your heart for yourself. You'll see for yourself that summer is now near, verse 31. So you will also 
No, when these things happen, you'll know that the kingdom of God is near. What is this talking about? Jesus talking about the rapture of church, his second coming, okay? Verse 32, assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Okay, so I gotta help you understand the Bible because sometimes we read the Bible and we're like, Jesus is talking in riddles and I don't get it, okay? And I understand that, all right? That's how I felt when I was growing up, okay? So what is the fig tree? Jesus says, I'm bringing you to attention. Jesus goes, I need you to pay attention to what? The fig tree, okay? Are we talking about a literal tree? No, we're not talking about a literal tree. We are talking about Israel. Israel is the fig tree. So Jesus says, I need you to pay attention to something. When Israel starts budding, when it starts to bud, I need you to pay attention because you'll know for yourself what. What will you know? that the end days has begun. So Jesus goes, watch Israel, and when you see Israel bud, you'll know for yourself, and the Holy Spirit will give you witness that the end days have begun, okay? Jesus also said what? When you see these things happen, what things did he say you would see happen in our lifetime, okay? Well, number one is this. Israel made a nation in 1948. Israel became a nation, once again, was established in 1948. So in 1948, began the end days. 1948. Well, it's the other thing. It was Jerusalem won back in 1967 in the Six-Day War. I love this story about the Six-Day War. So... Uh, there's 80 Egyptian uh, tanks, and they've surrounded Jerusalem, and they're going to take Jerusalem, okay? And there's this cook, and he thinks to himself, this Jewish cook, he thinks to himself, if I'm going to die, I might as well go out with a bang. It's like die hard, okay? You know what I mean? It's John McClane, okay? He's going to go out and, and do whatever he possibly can, okay? So this cook jumps into an Israeli tank, and thinks, Lord, just help me, help me. And the Lord helps him to load shells into this tank, okay? And so he just starts loading shells into this tank, and he just starts firing from this one tank, one tank, okay? By morning, by morning, the Egyptian leader waving the white flag, okay? He goes, I want to surrender to the highest ranking officer of the Israeli army. This Jewish man, this cook, gets out and goes, what are you talking about? It's just me. There's no army. And this is what the Egyptian leader said. He said, no, there have been tanks and men in white firing all night, all night at us, and we surrender. We can't take anything more. Why? Time's up. Time's up. Jesus said, look, look, look. When these things happen, you know what? You are in the end days. 
the final, final days. And then he says what? By no means this generation. What generation he's talking about? That generation in 1948, that generation in 1967. He goes, listen, somebody in that generation is going to see what? Not the rapture of the church, but the second coming of the Lord. Why the second coming of the Lord? Because the Jewish boys don't go home when we go home. You know why? Because they don't believe in Jesus yet. But here's the best news. Jesus protects them for seven years, and we'll get to it today, and he reveals himself to his brethren. It's so awesome. God's plan is so amazing, okay? So what does that mean? Israel just celebrated 73 years as a nation. How long's a generation? If we're at 73... I don't think there's a whole lot more to go. Right? Somebody's going to see the second coming of the Lord. Meaning what? The rapture of the church is intimate. It's like right on us. We are so close. Young people, listen to me. Young people, listen, listen. We are so close. Do not mess around with your life in Jesus right now. There is no time. I know you think that you have time someday to get things right with Jesus. I promise you, you do not have time. Don't mess around right now with your relationship with Jesus. So here's the deal. People go, you don't really know that Jesus is coming back that soon. And I go, well, yes, I do, because it just told me in red letters. Jesus just told me. He just told me the timetable. And if I can verify the word of God, I can know. So when people say to you, you don't know Jesus come back, I've heard this, people say this to me, they'll go, you're just trying to make people fearful to serve the Lord in a greater way. I'm like, you gotta be joking me. Are you serious? This is what people literally told me before. But you know what I say to them? It's like denying that fall is coming. You know? Okay, um, how many of you saw that Starbucks released their pumpkin spice latte the other day, okay? Like everybody lost their minds, okay? It's like 95 degrees. They're like, I need a pumpkin spice latte right now. You know what I mean? Even Starbucks knows what? Fall is coming. Nobody's denying and fighting against that fall is coming. Why are we fighting and denying that Jesus is coming? That he's like right about to come. Like this. So what does Jesus say about all this? Luke 21, verse 28. New King James Version. We're getting into the New King James, brother. We used to talk about that, didn't we? New King James, all that. Yeah? So, verse 28. Now, when you see these things happening, what things? What's happening in the earth right now? Just open up your eyes. See, did you know that there was 240, like, I think it was 240 earthquakes in 24-hour span the other day across the world? 240? You know, there's like fires raging all over the earth right now. Did you know that 
There was all kinds of prophetic words that prophesied that in the end days there would be fires all over the earth because it would represent sin's, uh, man's sin in his heart and his desire for sin. They're just raging all over the earth right now. He said, when you see these things, can I, can I share this like really cool sign? Okay, so there's this rabbi, okay, in the 1500s, in the 1500s, and the Lord appears to him, and he tells this rabbi, he says, hey, listen, I'm gonna give you the name of every pope that's ever going to be in the earth, and I'm gonna give you their coat of arms, okay? This is, this is on the History Channel the other night, the History Channel, okay? They said this is scientifically impossible for this to happen. So the Lord gives this rabbi a name of every single pope, 114 popes, and he gives them their coat of arms, meaning like where they're gonna come from and, and like where they're gonna, you know, what like, uh, clan they're gonna come from, all this stuff. Do you know that he was right 100%? And the History Channel said this is scientifically impossible. He is 114 for 114. And do you know that we're on the very last one, 114? Right now. It's the last name on the list. Last name. So Jesus said, when you see these things happening, lift up your head because your redemption draws near. Another verse says this, it will make you jump for joy. Oh, I love like going to like a, like a football game or a basketball game. They play a song, jump around, jump. You know, you're like, yeah, jump, okay? Make you jump. What's the Greek translation for this? It means this, redemption, liberation, meaning what? Jesus is about to liberate us from the planet, and Jesus goes, you should be full of joy. Listen, the church can't be full of angry, sad, disappointed, frustrated people. Why would anybody want to come here? Why would anybody want to spend time with you? Why would anybody want to go to a group with you? They don't. Amen? We should be full of joy. We're about to see Jesus. We're about to be with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We're about to be with our Creator. And what a beautiful time we live in. We live in this great time called the dispensation of grace. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says this, what shall we say about these wonderful things? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Amen. I'll say amen to myself. I don't care if you say it. I'm preaching myself today. Verse 32, since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us as well, won't he also give us everything else? Verse 33, who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for himself? No one, for God himself gives us right standing with him. Thank God for the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Verse 34, then who can condemn us? If you're living under con, uh, condemnation, guilt, shame today, I free you in the name of Jesus. And I'm not joking about that. I free you. You are not under that, okay? No one, for Christ died for us, and he was raised to life for us. And he is sitting at a place of honor at the right hand of God pleading for us, meaning that he is our high priest taking our place in our place. What an amazing time this is. 
So what does this mean? It means right now, if you've never accepted Jesus, today you get the opportunity to accept Jesus. Right now, if you're living for yourself and you're not living for Jesus, you get to make things right today. Because we live under God's grace right now. We live under his mercy right now. We live under his goodness right now. Okay? But what does this mean for the world? What does this mean for your family members? What does this mean for your friends? What does this mean for your coworkers? What does this mean for this world that is fading away right now? These people who are living in this world and they're just going to Target every day. And they're just going down, you know, to dinner on a Saturday night. What does it mean for them? It means this. The moment the church is off the earth, the moment the church is off the earth, they're trapped. Years ago, I was reading this uh, devotional by Smith Wigglesworth. Anybody know who Smith Wigglesworth is? He's a wonderful man of God. And I remember him talking about, because uh, I, was, I was asking the Lord about the rapture, and the Lord just showed it to me through this devotional I was doing Smith Wigglesworth. And he said, he said, the only way the Antichrist will ever have total reign and authority in the earth is if the believers are off the earth and the Holy Spirit is out of the earth. Because where does truth come from? It, is, it, does, it doesn't come from literature books. It doesn't come from universities. It doesn't come from schools. Truth comes from the Bible and the Bible alone in the Holy Spirit. It's the only truth. All truth comes from that. So the moment you take the Holy Spirit out of the earth, what's gonna happen? There's gonna be fear, like, I mean, you think COVID was fear? I mean, how, how are they going to explain millions and millions of people that just vanish off the earth? I guarantee you they're going to say aliens. I know it. That's, that's, they're going to be like aliens. That is, that is the deal, right? Okay? Now, we could talk about that another day. Okay? I got some thoughts about that. Okay? All right? Because the enemy is a deceiver, and he can look like a lot of different things, okay? But you think that the fear of COVID was anything. They're trapped. Trapped in what? They're trapped in judgment. Judgment like this world has never seen. So we leave the earth, so then here's the question. Worship team, come on up. What happens during those seven years? Okay? Because a lot of believers don't understand this. Okay? Revelations 19 tells us. I can feel the Lord right now. Verse 7. Let us be glad. When I was growing up, the church that I went to was called Glad Tidings. There's a lot in the name. There was a lot of just joy in my church growing up. Gladness. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and let's give honor to him. 
for the time has come for the wedding feast with the Lamb. See, we go home, but we're not just going home. We're going to a wedding. This beautiful wedding that Jesus is preparing. He's the bridegroom, and we're his bride. And he has gone back home. When Jesus went back home, he said, I'm going back home to prepare rooms, okay? He's talking in Jewish wedding language because a Jewish man would leave for a year and go build onto his father's house, build a wing onto his father's house. So Jesus says, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and be with my father. I'm going to build rooms for you. He's talking about a marriage, us with him. And so we go home. We go home to this great wedding with Jesus, okay? And there's this wonderful thing called the marriage feast of the Lamb, okay? And a lot of people are like, what in the world is that? It's the greatest celebration ever. It's... Let me read you this. Just as a Jewish bride remains hidden in the bridal chamber for seven days, the church will remain hidden for a period of seven years during the tribulation. We will be hidden from everything that's happening in the earth. After we arrive at our father's house, we go to our father's house and we enter into this beautiful marriage ceremony with Jesus. We are married to Jesus forever and ever. And it says this, once the marriage has been consummated, the groom will signal to the best man and share the good news and all will rejoice. And they will feast for seven days for seven days, meaning what? The seven years represents the seven days that we will feast with Jesus. Listen, I eat some really good food on this earth, but I can't wait to eat the food of heaven. I can't wait to be with Jesus. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to be with him. And during the celebration, the bride remains hidden. We're the bride of Christ. We remain hidden during the tribulation on the earth. And during those seven years, we are with Jesus. We celebrate with Jesus. And once the seven years is over, just like in a Jewish wedding, after the seventh day, the veil was removed. The veil was removed. And the bride was brought out to the celebration. We, the church, the veil will be removed and Jesus will come back. And every, every person that remains left on the earth, every knee will bow, everyone will confess, he is Lord, he is Jesus, he is King. The veil will be removed and everybody will see Jesus and Jesus alone. So what does this mean for the world during the seven years? the greatest horrors this world has ever seen. I just picked a few. There's seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bowl judgments. There's gonna be famine. You think toilet paper shortages are a big deal now? Just wait till the tribulation. Just wait till the tribulation and a loaf of bread costs a day's wage, the Bible says. Just wait till the stars of the earth 
start falling into the earth. Wait till fire burns up all the green grass and every living thing on the earth. Just wait. It says that there are scorpions released from hell and they're released on the earth to torture men. It says that the oceans become blood and every living thing in the oceans die. It says a third of the earth is destroyed by the sword. And here's the truth. Your friends, your family, you, people that you know, don't have to go through this. They don't have to go through this. Because we can share Jesus with them now. Because we live in the dispensation of grace. But the moment that we go back to heaven, that is over. They don't have to go through this. So I want you to stand up today. Now we're going to ask five questions today. Now I want you, I want you to use your phone. Write these down. Number one is this. Do I understand the time that I live in? Do I understand the time that I live in? Am I just so angry at the world right now? Or do I realize the season and the time that I live in and why I live in this season and time right now? Question number two is this. Can you surrender to God's plan? Because I understand we all struggle with this. I struggle with this. I was fighting with the Lord the other day. I said, Lord, I want to grow old. I want to be an old man someday. I want to, I want to live out the life that I thought I was going to live. And the Lord goes, just, it's my plan. It's not your plan. It's my plan. It's either your plan or it's my plan. And I just said to the Lord, Lord, I give up. I give up. I surrender. It's your plans. It's not my plans. It's just like me in the garden. It's Jesus in the garden. He goes, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Is it going to be your will or is it going to be the will of the Lord? Question number three, are you ready for the bridegroom? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready? Is your soul ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Because he's coming. He's coming. Question number four, where does your joy come from? Does it come from this earth or does it come from knowing I'm going to see, I'm going to see Jesus, the bridegroom. I'm going to be with the bridegroom. Question number five is this. Are you living for Jesus or are you living for yourself? Are you living for Jesus or are you living for yourself? I want you to close your eyes. Come on. We're going to sing this out today. And I want the Holy Spirit just to speak to you. Come on, just open up your heart to allow the Holy Spirit to just speak to you, to move on you today. Come on.